Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. It is that time of year again. Time to change the clock on your microwave. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I know a lot of us don't like when daylight savings ends because that means uh, we are going to be seeing the sunset earlier. So we will turn the clocks back one hour this Sunday. This time around, daylight saving is ending. We're falling back, which means we get to take full advantage of the few daylight hours we get in the cold months. And we get an extra hour of sleep. A. Today, we're going to look into whether all this switching back and forth is really the best way. And the laws currently being considered that would make updating the time on the stove a thing of the past. Now, whether or not we're springing forward or falling back, Dr. James Rowley makes sure to remind us that actually you're not losing or gaining anything. Savings time should not be construed to say that we are saving sunshine. Uh, We would still get the exact same amount of sunshine. It's just, it's an hour later. James is the president of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. And he says these twice a year switches are not as helpful as you might think. The biggest impact is in the spring when we spring forward uh, because it does cause the loss of about an hour of sleep for most people. Um, And there's clear uh, health consequences to that. Um, There's an increase in uh, heart attacks and uh, strokes in the days uh, after the change. Mm. Uh, There's an increase in motor vehicle accidents in the days after the change. James says it is worse in the spring, but even in the fall, it messes with you. He says that's because our circadian rhythm is tied to the rising of the sun, not an arbitrary number on a clock. Our bodies are attuned to a lot of cues, the primary one being sunlight and darkness. There are others, regular uh, work habits, how we eat, Mm -hmm. you know, when we eat. Those also help set our rhythms. But it's the sunshine hitting the eyes that helps set the clock uh, throughout the day. So what does that mean? Should we get rid of the clock change? Well, the U.S. Congress is on it. Well, that's right. It's called the Sunshine Protection Act, making daylight saving time permanent across the U.S. A bill that would make daylight saving time permanent passed the U.S. Senate over a year ago by unanimous consent. But spoiler alert, it hasn't gone anywhere in the House of Representatives. Which, James says, is actually a good thing, since he wants standard time to be permanent. The American Academy of Sleep Medicine is uh, against permanent uh, daylight savings time. We feel strongly that our bodies are best attuned to a clock rhythm that is standard time. So we are working with senators, congressmen. Uh, to see what we can do to uh, work that way in. Uh, There are a lot of to's and fro's. Um, You know, the science, the biology, the medical aspects are probably in our favor uh, Mm. because biology is biology. uh, And we do best on standard time. There are obviously um, a lot of reasons to be on savings time. A lot of them related to tourism business. Uh, Here in Michigan, you can golf to nine o'clock at night. Uh, in the summertime because it's light out to that long. So there's obviously a lot of people much in favor 
of uh, uh, keeping us on savings time. However, it, it has the opposite effects than in the winter time, which is one of the reasons why mm. we feel strongly against it. Uh, Congress did try this in the 70s during one of the energy crises. I am old enough to remember this experiment. Yes, America has been here before. Year-round, daylight saving time was signed into law in January 1974. The National Opinion Research Center at the University of Chicago took a poll at the time, and 79% of Americans supported the move. But after only two months of permanent daylight saving during the winter of 74, support for the law dropped almost half from 79% to 42%. The experiment lasted one winter. People were so against it. Congress reversed themselves in less than a year. And it was because everybody did not want to walk their kids to school. And I I lived in New York. I grew up in Queens. You walked to school in Queens, right? There was no busing. There was no. And that was true in in a lot of big cities, right? You walked to school. I actually remember walking to school in the dark. And people didn't like it. And I I don't think people liked it uh, now either. I mean, there are parts of Michigan and other other states in which you're on sort of the west end of the time zone, you will easily not have sunshine until nine o'clock in the morning in December. And, uh, wow. you know, that, that's not good either. No, that's hard. That's <laughs> that would be very hard. Just for kicks, I looked into just how dark it would be here in Chicago if Congress did pass permanent daylight saving. And I know this isn't Alaska or anything, but still, it's pretty bleak. This year on December 21st, the shortest day of the year, The sun rises in Chicago at 7.15 in the morning. Now, if we were on permanent daylight saving time, sunrise would be at 8.15 in the morning. I don't know when you wake up, but just imagine it being dark until 8.15 in the morning. And just a couple hours away over in South Bend, Indiana, sunrise on that same day is at 8.09 a.m. this year. That means if the U.S. was on a permanent daylight saving time, the sun wouldn't rise over there until 9.09 in the morning. So uh, it's sunshine in the morning that helps set the rhythm and that allows you to go to bed at a good time at night, okay? And and that's why one of the big pieces of advice for people is you should have a standard daily wake-up time. You really should not be varying it by a lot because having a standard wake-up time will get you into a good circadian rhythm. Then uh, conversely, because if you're on daylight savings time all the time, there'll be more light in the evening. And again, light in the evening actually also prevents you from falling asleep. So um, it's sort of that combination of the two that uh, we feel um, makes the biology make more sense to stay on standard time. One of the other arguments we like to make is this will be also harmful for teenagers. Um, a lot of teenagers are already sound asleep the first, you know, the first couple of classes of the day, <laughs> not getting enough sleep at night. Yeah. Uh, now make them get up in the dark <laughs> and go to school in the dark. Yeah. They'll not have gone to bed early enough because there's still sunshine in the evening. So we just think there's a lot of social mm-hmm. reasons and biologic reasons to stay on standard time. James had one more piece of advice for everybody as we go through another time change. I think one of the things that we like to uh, get out there at the academy is that we recommend seven hours of sleep at night for adults. That is really considered a minimum. 
And the interesting thing for young adults, teenagers, young adults, is probably eight to 10. And uh, there's just not enough Americans getting that seven hours of sleep at night. Um, And uh, I I cannot emphasize it enough. And again, I think I'm a good example. The pandemic actually has resulted in me getting more sleep. I mean, I was one of these people who got up at 530 in the morning and go work out and, you know, stuff like that. And now, you know, once the pandemic hit, couldn't go work out, I I would sleep into 6, 615, 630. I got more sleep. I felt better. Um, and, uh, and now I've tried to incorporate that, um, even though we're back a little bit, obviously more to more normal, mm-hmm. I, I don't get up before six now, if I don't have to, um, and trying really hard to get seven hours of sleep. So, and, and getting less than seven hours of sleep again is associated with a host of problems, uh, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, uh, anxiety, depression, immune dysfunction. So, Um, It really is important to get uh, seven hours of sleep at night. Dr. James Rowley is the president of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He's also a professor of pulmonary and critical care and sleep medicine at Wayne State University. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Sam Beer also helped out with this one. Our executive producer is Brendan Banizak. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. If you love the show, please rate and review us. It helps more people find The Rundown. I'm Erin Allen. Sleep tight tonight. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> 